Jafar the Productions presents In Conclusion We Digress The best hour of your life you'll never get back What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of In Conclusion, We Digress. Thanks for coming back and listening as always. We appreciate it. Hope you guys are doing well, having a good week so far. And joining me as always are the goons coming to us from the Upper East Side. So we'll say hello to Mike first, wearing a very nice throwback Islanders t-shirt. So how you doing, man? Good, good. This is an OG uh, starter t-shirt. So back when starter had a uh nhl contract to actually produce things and was still a company so mm-hmm. a real throwback still plenty of holes to show its years Doing i think good. that's just our starter product <laughs> this starter product is probably older than you or nearly the same age as you it's like 96 97 but on, on my real introduction clean your ears people just it's a thing you should do just for general hygiene purposes Happened to go down a rabbit hole right before we started the podcast, where like there's the pimple popping, and the and at one point it got to ear cleaning. And what's like, wrong with you that you're searching for this? I didn't. <laughs> it just came up on my explore page on Instagram, and they literally like pulled that, that like, goes off wine, your recommendation. Like, they like pulled a wine cork out of their ear. Oh, well, at least yeah. you can make good use of that. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, in case you need to like seal a letter or something with a with a signet. The signal <laughs> just like melted down. Just... Oh, good God. Well, yeah, that's good hygiene tips to start our episode today. Make sure you buy some cute tips and keep your ears clean because that is definitely important. And if you don't, that's disgusting. So, yeah, thanks for keeping everyone's health top of mind, Mike. That's very kind of you. Some ear yeah, well, stuff on, on the OnlyFans page today. Uh, <laughs> because uh, Dr. Oz is doing Jeopardy. Someone's got to take over the medical advice for you people. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, Dr. Oz is the IT guy of fucking, uh, like the corporate IT guy of the medical, medical community. He just Googles what's wrong with your shit. Uh, try turning it off and on again. Kyle, let's go say hello to you. How you doing, man? Yeah, good, good. Hanging in there, man. Uh, happy. Some beautiful weather. I was uh, home with my, my, my mother this weekend. Got to spend some time with her and first time in a very long time. And I got to see Dan. Dan and I went and had a beer at a bar. It was great. It was I was wonderful. so happy. Yeah, so that was good. I'm in a, I'm in a good mood. I'm excited. Uh, got my uh, Team USA jersey on, so, uh, the men's national team for soccer, and uh, excited to get into our, our very sports-rich evening. Yeah, I'm excited to hear about it, and we'll be getting into the soccer stuff in just a second. But before we do that, got to say hello to Pat as well, who has arguably the hottest goalie, and I don't mean by looks, even though he is a good-looking dude, He's but the hottest dude. goalie in the league right now, Ilya Sorokin behind him on his background, and the Ilya, New York Islanders. I was Ilya stroking it to his performance uh, yesterday. <laughs> oh, oh, damn. Oh, <laughs> oh. That's, that's going in the box. That's going in the box. New York, minor penalty. Two minutes for making everybody fucking uncomfortable. No, five-minute major. Get the fuck out of here. Ejection. Game misconduct. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Players disqualified. It's all up from here, gentlemen. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> that's not a promise you should make. That's like false advertising. That's, uh, that's my entire fair. brand. 
as Kyle alluded to, we are going to be talking about sports. I think it's been like a month plus since we had our last sports episode. So there's a lot of updates to go through and uh, a lot of exciting updates, especially in the world of New York sports. We've kind of turned a corner, I think. You know, New York sports for a while was really kind of, I I wouldn't say a laughingstock, but we were definitely not among the the top sports cities for a couple of years. And I think we're starting to come back and, and be a kind of a force again. It's nice to see all the optimism around all the teams. But before we get into New York sports specifically, I do want to give the floor to Kyle because he does have some updates about the soccer world. I'm sure we'll hear about Everton. And then, as he mentioned, yes. uh, the U.S. soccer team as well. So, Kyle, the floor is yours. So, yeah. So we're going to cross the Atlantic for a little bit here. Um, I know at the beginning of the year, I had very intently talked about the Champions League because that was right after Bayern Munich had whooped their way through every fucking team in Europe by a very large margin. <clears throat> and... Uh, the draw. So recently we had the round of 16. Very interesting. For the first time since 2005, there will be yeah, that. <laughs> there will be no Leo Messi. There will be no Cristiano Ronaldo uh, for the rest of the Champions League this year as both teams were knocked out. Juventus knocked out by underdog Porto, uh, who are from Portugal, if you couldn't guess. And Barcelona were knocked out by PSG after a bad performance in the first leg and a stunning performance in the second leg that unfortunately fell just a little bit short. So the draws um, were very kind to some teams and very not kind to others. Um, so Bayern Munich and PSG is probably going to be the game of this round. That should be unreal. And in my opinion, whoever gets out of that game is going to win the Champions League this year. Um, I still maintain that it should be Bayern Munich just because they are when they're on, they are head and shoulders above a lot of Europe. They've been having a little bit of trouble lately. They've kind of been on a skid. So the rest of the draws for the quarterfinals, you get Man City versus Dortmund, which I see Man City coming out of. Porto versus Chelsea, which Chelsea should win pretty handily, but you never know after they knocked out a Ronaldo-backed Juventus team. Uh, And then the derby of the two teams that I hate the very most, Real Madrid and Liverpool, are both playing each other. And quite frankly, I hope they both lose. But Liverpool will probably win. Um, Best outcome. Like a, a rocket or a missile hits the stadium or comet, yeah. maybe. And none of them are hurt, but they're just knocked out of the Champions League. Uh, that's <laughs> truly all that I want. Then, in other news, the Europa League, which no one cares about, so we'll move on. It's it's truly that bad. Uh, so, the most interesting thing I think I've taken away from 2021 is it's been a great year for Americans in Europe. For the first time in American history, Americans have scored in the Premier League, the French, the French Liga. La Liga in Italy, the Bundesliga, or sorry, La Liga in Spain, and uh, the Serie A in Italy. So we've scored in all the top five leagues. We've scored in the Champions League. U.S. soccer truly is on the rise. I'm really not lying. I promise we're going to be very, 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 very good. And even top international coaches are starting to say that and realize that we are going to be a problem. Uh, The U.S. men's national team has a friendly this Thursday at 1 o'clock on ESPN2 against Jamaica, who is somebody we do have to qualify against for the World Cup. So that'll be a true barometer. They have the full team and they're all in really good form. It's going to be very exciting. I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing everybody out there. And in other news in the Premier League, I was right at the beginning of the season saying that Manchester City were going to win the title. They are currently 14 points clear, having played one more game than everybody behind them. They're sitting on 71 points. United, Leicester and Chelsea round at the top four with West Ham surprising in fifth. And Everton, quote, surprising in eighth, which is probably where we should be and actually where I picked us to finish this year. So my main point of emphasis, right? My main point of emphasis for all of this is I know that we didn't make the last World Cup and I know that soccer isn't our thing, but I can guarantee 
And if we don't make it, you can crucify me. I don't care. I guarantee we'll make this next World Cup and that we will be very competitive. The talent that we have and the teams that they're playing on, the programs that they're with, are going to allow them to develop. And, I mean, like I said, top coaches around the world are commenting on how impressive these young Americans are all over Europe. So a lot of optimism there. Uh, and I will end my soccer rants by saying that Serginio Dest scored two goals this weekend for Barcelona, his first two league goals. His first goal for Barcelona in the league was assisted by none other than the greatest player of all time, Lionel Messi. So not a bad way to open your account. Do you think we have what it takes to beat Trinidad and Tobago? I, I was going to, that was going to be my first question. <laughs> yes. Provided, <laughs> provided we're on a pitch and not on a river, because if, I don't know if you watched that game, but it was like they were playing on a river, but yeah, we, we have a, a coach that I don't necessarily agree with at all. I don't think he was the right pick. I don't think his system is great. I don't think it's very attractive. I don't think very much of him in any way. I actually think he's a horrible choice. And if the only way that we won't make the World Cup is because of his coaching, because of the players that we have, we are too good of a team to miss the World Cup. So, so which um, small island nation do you think will be our yeah, eliminating uh, uh, factor? <laughs> well, I mean, we got a lot of under a hundred thousand population under. Oh God, like, that's like Haiti. The Dominican Republic. <laughs> no, we played them recently. We beat them like eight one with our like our like D team. So I think we'll be fine. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very optimistic. I think it should be interesting. World Cup qualifying kicks off after this year, sort of uh, after this season over the summer, sort of more towards next year. And the World Cup is in 2022 in Qatar, not in the summer when it should be, but indeed in the winter because it is in Qatar and Qatar is fucking hot. So the World Cup will take place. For Americans, roughly between Thanksgiving and Christmas, which is weird and I don't like it. And it's going to be a total clusterfuck for all the domestic seasons, which all happen during that time. And the reason the World Cup happens in the summer is so that it doesn't screw anything up. But we've decided that apparently that doesn't matter all of a sudden after 100 years. But, you know, who am I? Uh, yeah, because somebody wrote a check and corrupted Who's we? Real. FIFA? Yes, yeah. FIFA. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, I mean, I the, the number of bribes and things that are, are given out in FIFA – and like how aggressively and obviously corrupt a lot of the leagues are and, and a lot of the officials and the Champions League draw is always pretty light for Real Madrid. And, you know, people might complain that it's not like getting Liverpool, but they have the much easier side of the bracket. Um, it's no longer a Liverpool. pool. It's now an actual bracket. So you can truly tell who would play who next round. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious. I'm very excited for the U.S. to host the World Cup because it's going to show that you don't need to bankrupt an entire country. Uh, to host this and there are countries all over the world that have enough stadiums and infrastructure to do this yeah so we'll, we'll see going forward but yeah i will be tuning in at one o'clock on thursday for the u.s national team against jamaica it should be very very entertaining and very interesting all i have to say is everton are doing all right and up the toffees hope we can maybe get some european soccer next year so before we move on um to our, our little sports docket from this hemisphere i would like to break some news so uh, hear ye, hear ye all. Put your uh, your good ear up to the, the speakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> trademark that, Pat? Apparently there's a cow. I, I could uh, put a breaking news sound in here. We don't have to have whatever that was from Pat. That was the breaking news thing from uh, part of my take. Yeah, it was. Because oh, okay. he's derivative. Break the uh, news. Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield will fight on May 29th. Oh, shit. That's why I said put your one good ear up. I was hoping somebody would pick up on the context. <laughs> oh, oh, no. 
I'm sure the ear is still functional. It's just just less of it than there should be. Yeah. I'm a wrestler, and that guy's got a fucked up ear. Yeah, that's true. It's another exhibition, like what the Mike Tyson boxing thing, like whatever the he's doing, like boxing league now, whatever it's called. Yeah, whatever, okay. like n- nursing home circuit they they're running yeah. currently. Like <laughs> excited for Mike Tyson to be stoned as hell and beat the shit out of someone. I just think that's. I'm funny. not gonna lie, it was entertaining though. Like Snoop it was. Dogg. It was. It was a very good media event. It was good, thing, but it was a good event to watch. That's how it was like a cross between like a WWE wrestling match, like pay per view wrestling match, and mm-hmm. a boxing match. Like in a you know something. That's exactly how I would describe it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was like the theatrics of a you know a staged event, and then honestly, the fight wasn't wasn't terrible. Like you know, Roy Jones, they they, they did their thing. It was obviously kind of a like a staged draw. I think that that was a little controversial, but. Yeah, I, I'm sure for the the Hollyfield uh, Tyson fight, there will be a winner just because that is so iconic. I think there's a lot of pride on the line at this point. Well, I think at this point, I think Hollyfield's beaten him what twice already. So this is kind of just I believe so. Hmm. Yeah, the one was, and then there was the DQ. Yeah, for the for the ear. So I, this is like what our fourth fight, I think, at this point. Yeah, I just figured that the world needed to know that. I know I'll be buying that. Nothing like watching a guy just high as balls beat the shit out of some other dude. Yeah, besides fighting, uh, there are a lot of other updates in the sports world as well. And I think a good place to start is what we've kind of been talking about for most of the winter, which is the Knicks, who are at this point hovering around 500. They're the seventh seed in the East. They haven't really been able to take that next step just yet, but you know, we're not really sure if they're there yet. So I guess the question I want to pose to you guys, I mean, we could talk about some specific games because there was some brutal losses the last couple of weeks against um, the 76ers in particular and the Nets as well, who I thought that the Knicks played really well against, but you got to win those games. But as the roster is constructed now, if things stay the same, do you think they are good enough to make the playoffs as is? Or do we think at this point they need to make a trade and add to what they already have? Will that mess with the chemistry? So what are you guys' thoughts on that? So I think, are they good enough to be a seven or eight? I'm going to say yes. But in order for them to do any sort of, for them to win a round, potentially as like, which realistically they would need to get to five to, or five or six to get to. If they were seven or eight, they're probably, let's be honest, they're probably losing in the first round. Yeah. Um, well, they, they might even lose in the play-in. Remember that seven to 10 do like a play-in round robin thing prior for some to fucking reason. playoffs. Yeah, mm-hmm. for the seven eight seat for the, really for that seven eight seating. So they are well, yeah, I'm, a seven well, I'm eight assuming, now. I'm assuming they get into the playoff playoffs. So like assuming that playoffs that falls through. You kidding me? <laughs> what the reason the reason I don't think they, they have a chance of getting higher is because their schedule down the road is just like down the stretch is so brutal. I think they have the hardest second half schedule in basketball. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, I I guess to me, it's a matter of them staying healthy. If you can keep Mitch Robinson healthy, then you have a real chance at things. You know, Nerlens is what he is, and he's not really that fantastic most of the time. But Mitch, Mitch really changes the game. I mean, as we're sitting here recording this podcast, the Knicks are currently up twenty right before the half, which is going to the end Knicks put up seconds. seventy points and a half. Somebody call the goddamn presses. Yeah, I know. And they're I mean, playing they're just good, smothering though. defense on any team and anybody they come up against. I think it's all about staying healthy, getting. Everybody on the same page is not the issue anymore. It's more about health and learning to close out games. That's been a big problem. 
So yeah. So my issue with the trade is that I just don't think the Knicks are going to make a good trade. Right. I, we need. I know. I know, Kyle. You like Mitch, and I think Mitch is great, but I think you really need somebody like a next level uh, center to really to lock that down. I mean, I'm just saying the the every mock trade I've ever seen for the Knicks is for a guard, right? Like the, the hottest one these days is like Victor Oladipo. And do we really need Victor Oladipo right now for uh, whatever? The cost is right. They said the so. Cost- as of today, the it sounds like the Knicks are out on Oladipo because they want too much. All right, that's and that's a shrewd decision. Then that's like right, you're not going to overpay for him when he's been dealing with injuries. He's a rental too. That's the yeah, other thing. His exactly. contract is up at the end. And of the we year. have so many guards. Our even our like what do you call it? one of our guards in the G League is a G League first team All Star. So you have like guards on top of guards on top of. Guards. Well, but that's why they'd be trading for a guard, Mike, because they could give up three and get one. Yep. But for a rental. Yeah. No. I. I mean, it, it's not a good idea. I don't think to trade for anybody like that. I mean. I think you need to give RJ a year to grow into it because he's look he's looked fantastic lately. Mm-hmm. Um, quickly is getting more minutes with Peyton struggling with injuries, and D Rose is coming back from his bout with COVID. So we'll see how that goes. But I I really think that the key is in the depth of the team and the fact that we can really rotate those guards like crazy. And I think the reason that they haven't been able to close out games recently is because they have just been down people. They've been down people in the, in the backcourt, and, and that's been huge. You know, Alfred Payton, be, you know, be him what he is, whatever given night of the week, you don't know what you're going to get from him, but they could have used him against Philly. That would have been huge. I mean, he plays better defense than quickly. He's a bigger guy than quickly, and he's just been around longer. So I think it's, it's a matter, like I said, of, of staying healthy at this point, and I think that they could, they could be a seven seed. I think they might be able to squeak into the sixth seed, mm-hmm. um, but they need to – finish games that's the biggest issue because they are playing they are playing very well and they're they're, they're playing they played so well against brooklyn opponents. and so well against the sixers who i am gonna unfortunately have to say might be a title favorite now with mm-hmm. lebron out nad we, we don't know we don't know how long the lebron <clears throat> situation is gonna be though i heard it's a, it's a it's an ankle yeah, high ankle sprain right? so he'll be out high ankle least possible tendon issues yeah yeah, he's it's, he's out eight weeks probably. Yeah, minimum. he's out at least a couple months probably. He was so. angry when he got when it happened too. He, he knew yeah, something. he knew, and that's mm-hmm. bad because LeBron James is takes such good care of his body. If he's that angry, that's it's fucking bad. Well, one thing. Um, so yeah, to all your points, they are still as of tonight the best defensive team in basketball, which is so impressive. It's a reason they've had so much success. On the flip side, they are twenty eighth of thirty in terms of points per game, so they're definitely not very efficient offensively. So they definitely need an influx of scoring somehow. So what I want to do is I want to spend the next couple of minutes and I'm just going to throw out a couple of names and mm-hmm. you guys give me yes or no. Would you want to add them, whether it's free agent signing or a mm-hmm. trade? Because there's people it. who might well, actually be caught before the season's up and might be available. What? So first name here is someone who actually might be bought out within the next couple of days. And that's JJ Redick. So would you sign yes. JJ Redick? Well, well, absolutely. Th- can you, Absolutely. We can't hit what threes are, for a fucking life. What are his statistics on the year? Aren't they piss poor? As the kids say. He's JJ Redick having... is averaging eight points per game. He's also playing with the Pelicans. So right. I understood point... there's a lot of discord going on with the, in the Pelicans system right now. But, and his yeah. three-point shooting is the lowest I think it's ever been. It's ever been. It's that, that's 36%. the thing, and that's the only thing he provides. 
but also 36 percent is probably still better than every single three-point shooter we have yeah uh no probably that's not i mean well julius is i think is is more than that right he's 41 (laughs) percent yeah, I wouldn't consider Julius a three-point shooter, though. He's, I mean, yeah, if, I agree. If, that, if that was the, if that was the argument, but it's a, it's yeah, a different three-pointers made argument. per game. Like it's not not much, and he only takes four. Or he takes so, for example, six. a guy like Burks, right? Like has forty percent shooting from three, averages more points per game in similar minutes. I don't know if you're going to go chase JJ Redick. If you can get him for cheap, you chase him because he's a career 42% three-point shooter. Yeah, maybe he's just – if he's – I would assume, like, his morale and, and overall, like, attitude on a team like the Pelicans is probably – he's probably not giving it his all. On a, you get a on chance a to play his for one of the most historic franchises or one of the most elite coaches in basketball with a team that might be going somewhere. It's at least, yeah. it's at least a shot in the arm to uh, yeah. a, a change in scenery. Yeah. His minutes have also been slashed this year. Yeah, he's he's like strictly like a a low level bench piece on the Pelicans. So I I think he's probably just demotivated. He's not having a good year because he doesn't feel any reason to try. So he can be your your eighth man coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> and like I said, clearly there's a lot of buy in in this locker room. I keep saying that, but even if he comes and he plays maybe twenty percent more minutes than he's playing with the Pelicans. It's more minutes, and if you're buying in a happy locker room with a good coach and an optimistic franchise, like that's huge. I think mm-hmm. having Zion in New Orleans, that you know, all people give a shit about is him, and all the yeah. coaching staff in the organization gives a shit about is him. So I think that that's been hugely detrimental to them. But yeah, I, I, JJ Redick, I would take as a as a free agent signing if we could get him on the cheap. Yeah, he'd probably sign for like. Vet minimum, I would imagine, and also worth yeah. noting in the off season he lives in New York, so he is familiar with the area. He, you know, I, I think it, it would be it's a slam dunk if you can get him for cheap, like you said, yeah. Kyle. So yeah, I great, agree. Great uh, basketball yeah, metaphor the, too. You see what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, to Mike's point, um, you you mentioned potentially upgrading at the center position, and there's another guy who is being shopped and even talked about potentially being bought out, and that's Andre Drummond. So would you guys bring in Andre Drummond if you could? Yes. Yeah, 100%. 100%. 100%, yeah. I think that would be huge for the team, and it would also be huge for Mitch Robinson because he would have somebody that is him, basically, his yeah, like, like blueprint they, they would have, to learn from. They, wouldn't need, they realistically wouldn't need anyone else. Other than those you could two. probably get rid of Noel. I'd keep. I'd get rid of Noel and keep Taj. Keep Taj. Taj is just good yeah. for, like, culture. He's really good at fostering. He's good for guys. culture, and, could, and he plays he's hard. Make, he's He's going to develop he hard. Uh, Obi. He's going to help develop Obi. Yeah, I agree. I think he got to, you know, if if that's the situation, you know, and Nerlens has done great stuff for us this year. But in that situation, he's got room for improvement. Uh, um, yeah, his, his hand, his, he has hands of stone sometimes, and it and it really costs us at at, at key moments. Just he's watching, not very good at uh, offensive rebounds either, which is just watching Mitchy play like. Literally, he could just lock down a rebound, whereas Nerland's always just, you know, he's volleyballs he's playing, it to the fucking. He plays like line. hot potato, but his blocking, his blocking will be missed. I will say that. Yeah, fair. He's one of the better blockers in the league. I don't think that that's a crazy statement. I was, I mean, this year in particular, Andre Drummond is number two in defensive efficiency as like an individual player. Um, he's the number one rebounding player in the league. He's top twenty in blocks, top ten in steals. Um, he's third overall in defensive wins uh, shared. So, I mean, he 
he would bring a lot to the like, already the best defense in the league. I think it, that would be great. The problem is, I think he wants to go to like a team that is truly contending to win a championship, and the Knicks aren't quite there yet. Although I, he would add a lot, I don't think the Knicks would you know match up on his side. I think it's a good fit from the Knicks' perspective, but from his, I don't know. If I think are... I think he could bring them to a five six. Yeah, wow. I agree. You want a you want a hot take on where he's going to end up? Let's hear it. Brooklyn. Yep, he's he's been linked to them too, which is crazy. Yeah. He's going to end up in Brooklyn, one hundred percent. DeAndre Jordan's the skeleton. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. Like, what, Brooklyn's got to like run out of money eventually. They I mean, don't. They're not paying. They're not paying most of these guys anything. The only people they're paying it's they're paying three guys. That's mm-hmm. it. The rest of them are getting dog shit money. Like Blake Griffin signed for nothing. Well, yeah, because he just got he got a huge check when he got bought out by the Pistons. When so with Drummond, that's the thing. He'd get the check. They can win their title and then fuck off to wherever they want to go next year or retire. Like Blake might retire if he wins a title. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think Blake Griffin still got some gas in the tank. He might not yeah, be showing. Even, I don't think there's that like much left years. in his tank. Dude, he was a, like he was an All Star like two years ago. Okay. I, I don't know. He hasn't impressed anyone recently. At all, oh, he's and he's been, hurt he's been bad. for sixty percent of every season. Uh, no one's going to pay him. That Pistons contract was one of the worst contracts given out in the NBA since two thousand. And well, at the time, it wasn't because he was just doing good things for them, and it was making. Uh, I think it still I was. Joakim Noah would like a word. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's true. That's very true. All right. Well, in the interest of time, I want to throw out two more quick names that have already been linked to the Knicks a lot. But I'm curious what you guys think the fit would be. And maybe even if not for this year, in the next year or two, they'll be available. So maybe Mm -hmm. free agent in the future. But first one, Zach Levine. Yes. I thought Zach Levine had like, I thought he was also doing that thing where he wanted to go to a more contender of a team. Yeah, but regardless, he's going to be a free agent in not this year, next year. So you have a year and a half left to control. Um, he was with, he was with the Chicago. Chicago. Tibbs, he's with right? Chicago still. Yeah. yeah no, not with with Tibbs. Uh, he no, was, he was never with Tibbs. Tibbs I think he was before, after Tibbs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it bad if I say no? No, you're. I know he's very elite, but the the other thing that I'm going to realize is you're going to have to pay him forty five million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. He's going to command a Supermax contract. <clears throat> and you're going to re-sign Julius after next year if he keeps up this level of play. He's going to want 40. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, RJ, if he stays the way he is, he's going to command a lot of money. Plus, it's a hometown deal, so he's going to command even more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mitch, you're going to have to pay Mitch soon. He's going to take a lot of money off the books. You know, Levine would be great, but I also think we need to stay away from bringing in a star player because he's a star player. So actually, so Thibodeau's time with the Timberwolves did overlap with, I think, Levine's. With Levine, okay. So, oh, yeah. there you go. Okay. So they did, they did, um, they, 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 they were together for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but that, that's the, Kyle, the problem is we can't say that we don't want to sign a superstar and then in the off season be like, why are the Knicks not signing a superstar to, to fill that void? Obviously, well, I'm never a, the one that's saying, why are they not signing a superstar? We know what. Like there's obviously there's obviously a scoring issue with this team, so that's got to be solved somehow. And you're not just going to get an extra 15 points a game out of your ass. No, but I also think that 
this the way that everything's been changed very aggressively to focus on defense tends to lessen your ability to score but once you can really make the system perfect and you have some time under your belt the scoring is going to come back with players like Julius Randle and Mitch Robinson like the scoring is going to come back it just I know yes. you got when you're holding the best offensive teams in the league to sub 100 points on a regular basis if you can just get your team over a, like over the 100 point mark no but to Kyle's point though the way in order to do that it like the system in which you play diminishes the amount of points that you're able to put up as well yeah um and also these other teams, when they play against us, these incredibly elite teams, when they realize they can't score, decide, oh, shit, we might have to play defense. That, I think, is another big thing that you don't really see in the stats. Like, these teams are realizing they have to play defense because we play better defense. And that's innately lessening our scoring. And because they slow the games down so much by making them hold the ball for so long, they're just going to score yeah. less points. Just like, the, just like certain things, like spacing and, and formations, too. That just – it all is – it's all in, in attempts to stop the other team from scoring, not really for, for anything else. I would take Levine in the right situation, but I don't think that the Knicks – I think there's no reason that the New York Knicks should be going out there this free agency looking for a superstar at the four because Zach Levine pays the, plays the four. He's going to cut into either Julius's time or RJ's time. And I don't want him to cut into either of their time. I thought he's like more – I thought he was a three, yeah. Yeah, you could probably play him at the two or three, but then that obviously – interferes with potentially RJ's he's, time and you know he's long yeah I wonder how long. his defense is mm-hmm. I think that's the other thing because Tibbs is going to bring somebody in that's not going to play lockdown defense on every possession and superstars tend to not fucking do that ever mm-hmm. so I don't know but yeah I would take him but also like not for 45 million which is what he's going to want okay so then the last person um speaking of star players that will be available either via trade or next year as a free agent Bradley Beal. How old is he at this point? He is 27 years old. I thought he was older. Mm-mm. 27. Uh, yeah, he's just significantly Remember, younger remember you start playing basketball at like 14 20. in the NBA, so <laughs> these guys are here Not forever. quite. A <laughs> <laughs> little older, but, you know, not too far off. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe if you can get him on like a two-year with an option for a third – or a three-year with an option for a fourth. He's going to want to get paid. Uh, but Oladipo, I'm kind of okay with paying. Because having an elite guard doesn't cut into our already fairly elite players on the top end of the height spectrum. And it would also help quickly. Yeah, I'm envisioning right now, if you think about 27-year-old Bradley Beal, he's still in the prime of his career. He's right now the leading scorer in the NBA. Adding that to a lineup of Quick, Beale to potentially RJ at the three, Julius at the four, Mitch at the five. That that's I mean, in my opinion, that's, top fourteen. That's a East. contending lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, it I takes just... care of the scoring. It takes the pressure off of RJ and Julius to have to put up. You know, Julius twenty five plus a night. You know, mm-hmm. RJ twenty plus a night. Like they can just focus on. You know, especially RJ developing himself, becoming a better player. Just playing and basketball, Beale can yeah. be the primary scorer. So fire yeah, so Peyton it, into the sun and then like keep the bench relatively the same. Yeah. Well, I you'd have to take. I'd probably get rid of Peyton and I. I'd probably trade Peyton, trade Burks, and, and maybe. I mean, Burks's value is through the roof right now. Maybe maybe keep maybe trade Reggie and keep Burks. So you got to keep one of them because they you need a shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, because Old Depot isn't the greatest three point shooter. He's not bad, but he's not the greatest at it. 
Um, if Quigley figures his shit out and gets like his yips out of the way, he'll be very good shooting. I just I mean, think I, that's a really big if to bet on. Because sometimes he's just lights out, and then mm-hmm. he just it's he is he is at any given moment like six inches off. True. And then he fixes yeah. that, and then he's and he's excellent. It, I, Victor Oladipo probably is the one out of all these people that I'm. You know, they should pursue fairly heavily in the offseason, I believe. Um, because then you can, you know, free up the guards on your bench and maybe get another solid veteran four or five that you can bring in to really shore everything up. So oh, definitely, you definitely need a big guy. You need a guy that can go both ways in case Julius gets hurt too, though. Because that's something that we're it's not like, covering um, for. Isn't Demarcus Cousins still like floating around there somewhere? Absolutely not. Like, not. Absolutely yeah. not. What, what like, are you out of your like, fucking mind? Like, like, <laughs> are you out like of your fucking mind? For like vet minimum, just like the guy are you like out of your fucking mind? He's a he's a hindrance. Uh, Has he ever gone anywhere where he hasn't been a fucking problem? I do. He was very good as a king. He was very good as a as a pelican. And that was he was very good as a king, but he also ruined the king's organization. <laughs> they haven't been the same because <laughs> they paid him a shitload of money. Everyone hated playing with him. He's an His asshole. Headband is stupid. I, we don't need New York. Doesn't need another fucking egotistical asshole. I have one name to add. Sure. Go for it. That I've that I've seen linked to the Knicks, the uh, the big ball of brand himself, Lonzo Ball. <laughs> BBB. Uh, no, I don't want to do it I, with the family. I would say no. Yeah, I would. Yeah. At this point, I'd rather just give quick the minutes and just. Well, if you want you know, Lonzo the... Ball, why take Lonzo Ball when you could you have Alfred Payton? Alfred Payton's a more competent scorer. I'd rather have that. Why, Pat? Do you oh, want him? You want Lonzo? Um, I, I personally do not, but I, I, I have seen reports that have linked him to the Knicks in a possible trade. Yeah, I've, I've seen that too. But they're also uh, talking about him going to the Clippers, maybe going back to L.A. So I, I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. But also, uh, def- I do feel bad for LaMelo. I, do want, I just want to say that. Kid's having a hell of a season. That's just not a way to end it. He was probably going to be the rookie of the year, deservedly so, with the way he was playing. Mm-hmm. Though this does open up uh, quickly chances. But I kind of think at this point it'll probably go to Anthony Edwards because they do love to give it to a number one overall pick. That is also true. the fact that quickly is going probably back on the bench now that Peyton's back and D Rose is coming back into the lineup, just at least for the rest of the season. I don't know. Yeah. I think his his ability his recent games can't be looked down on. Oh, I agree with you, but I just think that just the way Tibbs coaches that he'll probably let him kind of do his thing on the bench for now, at least come off occasionally start but it, it, he's pretty we're pretty consistent with peyton being our guy well yeah lot, lots of optimism in the next land still they're still on pace to make the playoffs hopefully they can make some noise when we get there and i guess it's late may this year because everything is all fucked up because of covid time wise do we think capacity well like, I, I don't know do predictions on whether we think uh msg will significantly reopen uh tickets wise for playoff time if they make the playoffs I think 30, you, may, you might get 10,000 people in there, maybe. That's, just, that's just pretty because that's 50% capacity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, like, MSG is a very small arena, unfortunately. So, like, just be, the percentages are just going to work against us, unfortunately. But I, I would assume you probably have at least 5,000 people in there for a playoff game. I, I just think any significant amount of people could, could be some sort of, an, I, I think, a significant advantage, potentially. I agree, because uh, the people that are going to go to these games are hardcore Knicks fans. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think that'd be fun. Sure. They're actually talking about, I forgot to mention this before, but they're talking about pushing the last two weeks of the Premier League back by two weeks so they can have 10,000 fans at each game, which would be unreal. And I hope that that does happen. Yeah, and any sort of return of fans, it's just it's a good sign that we're moving in the right direction. So yeah, that's always welcome and encouraged from us at least because I know I speak for everybody. We all want to go to a game soon, no matter what it is. So, well, speaking of games that I know at least Mike, Pat, and I want to go to, we could talk about the Islanders really quick, who have been on a great stretch of late. And then the unfortunate side effect with the Islanders right now is they're first in the East. They're playing really well, but they don't have their captain, Anders Lee, for the rest of the season. He tore his ACL, unfortunately. So the Islanders are kind of left in this weird, I don't know what you limbo. want to situation, limbo, where they, you know, don't have one of their best players. So if the Islanders want to make a significant cup run again, do the Islanders have to make a trade? Or similarly to the last question, can the Islanders survive as is and advance and, and get through the Stanley Cup playoffs? So I don't Mike and Pat, what do you guys think? So I think as a whole, if you've been watching the games, um, and I maybe I alluded to this on a past episode, or maybe maybe I didn't, they're playing very, very well. So they're playing sound like statistically too. So people look at like um, shots on goal, uh, Corsi percentage, like the, like the little, like the, the stats that make the like possession is another one. Like the statistical guys go nuts over like, dominance over teams. That's significantly higher for the team as a whole this year, as a bit, uh, as opposed to uh, last year and the year before it, where it was a little bit diminished, which, which caused a lot of, of the uh, analysts and um, analysts. You know, Yes, and, and, and people of the sort to sort of uh, underwrite the Islanders is not, ne- not necessarily a significant force um, capable of winning a cup. But I think to your point, Dan, um, Anders Lee is, is just such a leader on and off the ice where, you know, obviously he's a very talented player. I mean, in terms of getting his body in the net and scoring goals, where that, that part is, also, is missed. But as, as the captain and as such a, a vocal leader on the team, it's just a, it's just – uh, it's a locker room guy. That's that. It does play a hit on your morale, and I I just think I, for that. I mean, it, it's hard. It's it's easy to say, um, oh, they can just you know make a trade for someone who can because um, they, they did place him on long term IR, so that does open up his cap cap hit, which is approximately uh, seven million AAV right now. So Kyle's watching something. Sorry, else. sorry. Julius Randall has thirty six points with eight minutes left in the third. <laughs> It's, he just took the stupidest three I've ever seen him take. Sorry, sorry. That's fine. <laughs> I thought you were falling. I, that's that would if I just fell out of picture and there was just a noise. That would have been amazing content. So that does. So anyway, that that cap space at seven mil does open up the potential for at, at least I think uh, 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 people are obviously people are looking to pick players off the Sabers and they're. Um, like ridiculous contract, obviously the Jeff Skinner contract, but no one wants him because he is sucking right now. But particularly Taylor Hall. Who's hey, hey, don't 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 hide the cookies on Jeff Skinner, okay? Yeah, yeah, he'll make you pay. <laughs> he'll make you pay at once <laughs> once every two seasons. Um, oh quick, boy. Quick, just side note about uh, the Sabers. If you don't pay attention to hockey at all, uh, the Sabers have lost fourteen straight games. Is that good? Six, Holy shit, which, they have six of which are the yeah. Islanders. Six of which were the Jowders. Got to beat up on the bad teams if you want to, you know, or a playoff team. Uh, but yeah, they have lost 14 <laughs> straight games. That is That's uh, so many. That's almost as many as Houston just snapped. Yep. They have not won in like a that's, month and a half. That's, 
tied for longest in uh, franchise history. I read today. Yep. Yeah. So, so they are a, so they are a dumpster fire. Uh, if you have if you have the opportunity to re, uh, to watch this is a YouTube channel called Urinating Tree. He he made this video. The duality of both. <laughs> name is a choice. Pat was looking for piss porn one day, and I managed to find. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn hockey blog. <laughs> It's like, oh, this is this this works. This is not urine. <laughs> yeah, he says he does wet work. Oh, oh no! <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, t- it, tell us about urinating trees. Well, no, it's uh, it's it's actually a very popular YouTube, like sports YouTube commentary channel. Um, I've, I've definitely showed <laughs> sure you some of his videos before in the past. Um, it's a very like uh, just intense, like kind of shitting on franchise. Like he has these videos called the Legacy of Failure videos. Oh, um, yes, you've shown me these. Notice. They're very yes, funny. Yes, yes, They're yes, very so, funny. so funny. They did one on the Leafs. It was it was so well done. It was 45 minutes, that one. So <laughs> well done. <laughs> it's a lot um, of failure. Well, it's Leafs. the Leafs. Since the 60s, they've been a failure. So oh. they did one on the duality of Buffalo and, and being so – because I think the, the Bills and the Sabres, I think, are owned by the same people. But the, Bill, the Buffalo That's Bills right. are obviously upward. Um, dealt with Josh Allen and their whole um, – you know, they're run to the playoffs. They, they've been, they've run to the AFC championship game. And then mm-hmm. the Sabres are just like, I've never seen a, like, and it, they, they have to be the worst NHL franchise of all time, right? They've never I, I won a cup. So. Yeah. I mean, they never won a cup and, and they are in a city where it snows like feet at a time. Mm-hmm. No, and so that's like, such, a little concerning. They have such a passionate, passionate fan base and they've been in the league since the, uh, the 60s. I guess to that point, that just, Kind of drawing it back a little bit. Um, Taylor Hall, potential trade target. He his cap hits at eight million. The Islanders just opened up seven million. So potential in terms of filling the that scoring need that we talked about. I think if they do make a trade, it has to be for uh, a forward because defensively they have a good amount of depth. Even though Dobson's been out, and then goaltending wise, it's just been like like we alluded to in the beginning of the podcast. It's just been a chef's kiss. Both Varlamov and now Sorokin have been phenomenal. Sorokin, like, just he is completely changed since, like, his growth has been so rapid since he... in like ten games too. Like, it's oh like, yeah, because in the beginning, I remember looking at you because we we've been hyping up Sorokin for years, right? It's to me been, specifically to me as I, but just in general as Islander fans, we we we've hyped up Sorokin. We were always like, whenever the Rangers were talking about Shesterkin, we'd be like, well, we got Sorokin. He's the better guy. Like, you know what I mean? And then Shesterkin the came prospect. in. He was so good, and we they're pretty comparable. We, Their stats were pretty comparable. I know, but you know, just mm-hmm. usual bullshit going back and forth. And then Sorokin came in in those first like two games. You were like, Uh-oh. I don't know. <laughs> I remember I was seeing a tweet that was like, we have a definite number one goalie, right? Right now. And then that was like, and then all of a sudden he started this streak. And I think in the beginning of that streak, he was winning games, just kind of scrappy, you know, letting in a goal here, but on very few shots. But especially last night watching him play, like he had a stand up 36 save game and he probably could have had a shot out in that game and it was a kicked puck i still think that was a kick puck but whatever the the league didn't want to take a look at it they didn't think it was a distinct they, kicking they, motion the distinct kicking motion thing is just such it, it just it's, completely it's, depends on the type of refs you're getting like on any given day cause... and the refs were not calling shit last night i don't know mm-hmm. if anyone there was three missed calls in the first period like very blatant calls there was you know delay a game there was a very clear uh, too many oh, men yeah. on the that ice. One was, that one was bullshit. Yeah. There was a clear interference call. Like, they they missed a ton of calls in that game. And Trotsky called them over. Was like, look, that was a, that was a kicking motion. Because if you watch the the replay, you can li- you can see the ankle flick out towards the goal. But that's not 
That's time. So like, yeah, that that's obviously locked down. Like Pat was saying, our defense is so it has been so good. Just where where we may sometimes maybe lack on the offensive side of defense, we just it's so shut down um, defensively. You know, breaking up odd man rushes. The other night we gave up a ton of odd man rushes, but we were still. Well, able that's because really... we just embarrassed them the game before we uh, yeah. the Flyers the game before, so they you know they were going to come out hard. So well, the Flyers know. have just been getting embarrassed. They, they basically from the third period of the first game of this series against them, they they've been getting embarrassed by the Islanders. Um, and then yeah, they obviously came out. They had a steal, steam. but I guess steam, steam. Yep, yep. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Minus one. But point. I guess what I was trying to get to was the the Islanders uh, trade void. And I personally don't think they need to make a trade. I think that Lou is smart enough to wait until free agency period to kind of see where money opens up. So I don't uh, think they need to force a trade. I exactly. Think, I think they should, they, they, they should be buyers considering their newfound cap space for the end of this year. If, if for, even if, if for a rental only, because they obviously they're getting some contracts off the books, but not a ton, but they have a lot of people to resign at the end of the year, including Sorokin. Mm-hmm. So I think even if it's just for a rental guy for one year, I'm not saying Taylor Hall. I'm not saying that because he isn't playing well so, and he's being overpaid so, right now, but just someone at the right price where they don't have to give up a first round pick. That would be, that would be ideal. I know so it's here's, tough, here's but, the, um, here's the three, uh, the couple guys. So right now you got, uh, this is just, eyes on aisles is, is my source on this one. I'll give credit where credit's due, but these are the, the top contenders. Uh, Dustin Brown from the LA Kings. Um, I heard that today. Yeah, Ricard Raquel, who who I've been saying for a while, Ricard Raquel is the guy that I think that the I. The reason I don't think Brown is because the Kings are playing meaningful hockey right now, and I don't think mm-hmm. they're looking to be sellers. And he and he's expensive. He's six million dollars for a guy. That's oh, that's not too much really, for him. That's too much. Dude, for him. Yeah. So Ra- Raquel is one of the guys that I really like. He's three point eight million. Um, he's been playing very well. Like, is a, is a, is a scorer. Taylor Hall, obviously, like you're saying, is making a ton of money, and he's not playing well. Uh, that could just be because he's playing on the Sabres. Like, Jack Eichel wasn't really playing well. Like, um, so But he's that, superstar status. Like, he's he's considered a superstar still. He won the Hart Trophy. Yeah. And then the last one is uh, Kyle Palmieri. That that I'm potentially seeing a fit because he, he was born on Long Island, Palmieri. I think he's having a down year, but we've seen he can. he's a good uh, sniper on the pass for both some Ducks and – uh, some shitty ducks and devils teams. Uh, and he was, and he was there for Lou's tenure. So like he, he's familiar with Lou. He's familiar with Andy. So like that he would be coming to a team where he understands the system a little bit. And he, he knows some people there. So that could be a good call. I, I still, I like the trade for, um, for Raquel. I think that it's, I think when you're trading, especially in a, a very, it's the division based season. I think you're going to get your most bang for your buck trading out of the division, but that's just my that's my personal opinion on you don't it. Wanna, you don't want to trade to a team that you know you're directly playing eight times that year, preferably unless it was. I mean, the Devils. The Devils they're, are they're bad. Out, they're out of things, but they're, they're beating the Flyers right now. I think I think they're destroying them actually. But, the Flyers um, have just been bad. They they have both goaltenders under nine oh like nine oh save percentage. Yeah, and, um, and if they can't score, then they can't do anything. Yeah, I mean, it should be should be interesting to see going forward how they proceed. Trade 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 deadline is coming up. We're more than halfway through the season. So, uh, obviously, they're in first place right now. We'll see if that sustains itself. Yeah, but, obviously, other, some other teams have games in hand, too. So. Like I said, they've, they've played the most games by 
a fairly well not i mean the capitals have played 31 the Islanders played 33 penguins at 32 the bruins have not played in a while so they're only at 28 so the Islanders have what is see they don't impress me that much i mean they're right now they're in the fourth uh fourth seed so they're they're still in the playoff spot even though they haven't played we're four and oh against them this year so that's that is true bring it on that is true it's a good outlook because the, the the team is playing well as a whole, better better so possession and statistically than they have been in years past when they were still successful, just relying a little bit more on their goaltending, which where they wouldn't. I mean, the goaltending has been great this year, but you know they're not forcing forcing their goaltending to make forty save ridiculous performances like you know Leonard and Varlamov were in years past, which was required in order to win games. Yeah. yeah, and it, the and it you can tell that if you look at the um, to be a pat and go into the crazy statistics, but like the saves above um, expected for expected Bolt goals, Sorokin. yeah, yeah, for both Sorokin and Varlamov are good, but they're not like insanely high that they're saving things that they should have. Where it's like, happened. oh, this is just luck, like yeah, like yeah, and that, that's a, and with a high goal differential, like we're getting, we're scoring, and we're playing very good defense and, and having good goaltending, which is a recipe for success. Should we touch on the other New York team? I mean, quickly. Um, Who are they? There's not, there's not much to talk about, but yeah, we, we could touch on them really fast. No, can you I think... Uh, Dan, can you insert a sound of someone spitting on the ground? Yeah, <laughs> you. We'll, we'll just... Obviously, this is... We're a New York... I mean, we're New York gentlemen. We like to talk about New York sports. And listen, the Rangers have been playing pretty well lately, so if you do that, you're going to get at least a little bit of recognition in spite, in, in spite of me hating on them and everything they do and you know every Stand single forward. person on that team can just yeah. can just yeah technically they're yeah. only four points <laughs> out of the playoff spot so they're not that's so that's the point i'm making they yeah they've won a number of games in a row um mm-hmm. not in a row but like like they've won i don't know, like probably like five out of their last six or something like that um yeah. like they're playing well they've beaten the capitals they've beaten some good teams um they destroyed the flyers nine to nothing which was just like a shit rocking yeah um and this has all been done without uh, Zibanejad, who was kind of missing early on, has started to find his scoring groove. Um, Panarin is back from his leave of absence because Putin doesn't like political dissent. Is that yeah, is that the right way to? Yep, that's that's accurate. That's that crummy situation. Honestly, you, you know, as much as we say we hit the Rangers, never want to see that happen to like anybody. That that sucks. No, no, no. So. I mean, I, I I'm very vocal in my dislike for Panarin because of uh, some certain spurned free agency uh which rule would mean we're not gonna name we're know. not gonna name no we're not gonna discuss, <laughs> yeah. still um, a crummy situation though but another thing about the rangers they're getting igor shesterkin back mm-hmm. um who's been out they've been winning these games without you know their technical number one goaltender and we obviously alluded to him and sorokin being uh contemporaries and playing in the khl and both having success shesterkin achieving nhl success before uh, Sorokin even has so I think if he comes back and he's able to play well then you know look for the Rangers to overtake the Flyers um, and then also make a push for that final spot that the Bruins are holding although the Bruins they just haven't played a lot of games so well and they won't be because yeah they're, like what's going on with them they're on COVID mm-hmm. right now have they had any word yet about Thursday's game for Islanders I haven't seen anything but we'll keep you we'll keep you near by yeah mm-hmm by the time this comes out, you the game will have either not been played or have been played. Right. <laughs> Let's take a guess. Two options. The Islanders mm-hmm. didn't play. That that's Bold. your that's your official yeah. guess. There's no game. My prediction is that COVID will cancel this next game. I heard Bruce Cassidy, coach of the Bruins, had or are, uh, are having practice tomorrow. That's the last I heard. 
Either way, going to be an interesting uh, stretch run here for both the Islanders and the Rangers. Obviously, the Islanders are going to try and maintain uh, where they've been and stay in that first place spot in the East. And the Rangers are trying to sneak their way into one of the last playoff spots, which is definitely within range, as Pat alluded to. So um, it's going to be exciting. And like I said before, it's it's good to see. You know, we spoke about the Knicks already. We spoke about these, you know, the Islanders, the Rangers, and obviously the Nets are the best team in the East right now in basketball. New York sports as a whole is really turning a corner and going in the right direction, which is exciting in, in general. It's good when New York is, is on the forefront of you know the sports world. And speaking of being on the forefront of the sports world, we have to talk about some NFL free agent signings because both New York teams have been very active so far in trying to improve their rosters. So I want to hear, Mike, first from you, because the Jets were the one team that everyone was talking about that were going to spend big and you know add a lot of players – this offseason. So what is your early take on what they've done? And do you think the team is vastly improved? Do you think they have more to do? Like, where, where do you think they stand? So I think that, yeah, I obviously I like the, the Corey Davis signing. That was, that was definitely big for us. Uh, we're, you know, there's a ton of, ton of signings every day you're hearing stuff, a couple, like a, a lot of stuff that's very short term. So it's going to, we're going to see how that's going to pan out. So we're spending big money in the, in the short term. But the biggest issue with the Jets is just determining what they're going to do when it comes to the draft, right? And that's going to – once that plan comes to fruition, then everything will need to fall in place behind it. If you're going to keep Darnold, then you're probably going to trade down and maybe try to get some receivers and a quarterback-heavy draft. Or if you're going to get rid of Darnold, then you're going to be picking, you know, probably Zach Wilson – and then trying to build around him, just hopeful that, that he'll be able to turn things around. I, I'm I'm happy, but I'm not like I'm not sold that the Jets are going to be anything more than they were the last couple of seasons. I don't I don't think that any nor is anyone else. Spe- I, I don't think that any amount of spending that they're going to do in this off season maybe it will pay off at least for another season or two. But I like um I like Salah, and I think that he's um, gonna he's gonna be a good coach as long as we stick with him. Uh, as a Jets fan, it's it's been a revolving door. You guys know you're Giants fans. It's equally been as much of a revolving door as of late. Um, I wouldn't go. I well, wouldn't say equally. Me. I wouldn't okay, not say equally, that at all. But similarly, had half the number of coaches. Let's <laughs> carry on. But we're, yeah, regardless of the 75 million or whatever we're going to be spending in this offseason on free agent signings, that the key always is going to come down to the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably going to take Zach Wilson second overall. Honestly. From what I've been hearing around the league, there's anonymous. There are anonymous offensive coordinators throughout the league that are basically like, Sam Darnold sucks. <laughs> well, that's what so, my question was going to be. What, in your personal opinion, because that's really all that matters on this podcast, <laughs> do you stick with Sam Darnold or do you draft a quarterback? Even that doesn't matter, really. <laughs> and and to uh, preface, it doesn't look like the Jets are going to be trading for Deshaun Watson at this point. So nope, well, nope, nope. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. so Deshaun Watson trading and, for a different kind of uniform. What do you call it? And and yeah. Andy Dalton. They just the, the Bears took Andy Dalton. Oh, they so snagged him. Oh, oh, oh that, was, yeah. that was that was Chef's kiss. Highest, Fantastic shit on the market. Move. And, and and the Saints re-signed uh, James Winston. I don't yeah. even oh, know, yeah. man. <laughs> all that all that I really don't care. Oh, and today, as of today, Eagles. Joe Flacco is off. Joe market. Flacco is oh, not a leader yes. of your backup. Oh yeah. Honestly, I think you got to get rid of Sam. I I never. I like Sam Darnold, and I think that he had potential, but I was never sold on that Sam Darnold was going to be the end all and be all. Even in college, 
his biggest problem was that, yeah, he had a great arm, but like he threw a lot of interceptions. He had a ton of turnovers and then got to the NFL and that just was exacerbated. And he, the Jets are too shitty to have a, like a really, really shitty quarterback. So no uh, I'm not sold him. No one thinks he's really shitty. Well, he clearly was really shitty when 72-billion-year-old Joe Flacco, who is not elite, played a few games when he wasn't hurt. Parentheses, who is not elite. Who is not elite at Baltimore. So, so yeah, so pick Zach Zach Wilson. I don't know. That that should work out. Uh, The comparisons that people are making to current players look good. So pick Zach Wilson, and then we we have two picks. So then just get a – get take the offensive line, then – because we have a pick from Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, you know, try to solidify that offensive line and just sort of build. Uh, the Jets are not going to be good next year. I'm going to say that here right now. You heard it here first, people. Or wherever people have brains. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, so, I just yeah, want you to know, though. I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. Very elite. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Boy, it's like, how many things can you be wrong about? Right. I know it. You hey. know it. Nobody knows uh, it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Everybody <laughs> knows it. You know, I, I think it's tough, Mike, to give up on a quarterback who's only, what, he's 24 years old now, 25 maybe, Darnold. But I understand that. You, I feel like Jets fans have seen enough and the, the, so get this some fresh blood the, in there. So this is the make or break here. If he doesn't do it this year, then you got to cut bait. Well, that, yeah, well, well unfor- unfortunately, you don't have that choice. Like, if you're gonna, it's a quarterback heavy draft. You got to take somebody this year. Yeah, you do need to take a quarterback this year. 100%. <laughs> you got, you got to take quarterback this year. Well, if you give Darnold one more year and let him play under well, Salah, and see what happens, and then if he sucks halfway through the season, you can still draft any quarterback you want at that too, and then just, you know. Yeah, but I, I think thing, right? he yeah. needs weapons. You should draft a like you should trade down and try to get a receiver or take a high receiver with that pick if you're gonna keep Darnold. Yeah. I just have I feel like Darnold's gonna end up somewhere and he'll yeah he'll, he'll be like, serviceable. He'll be okay he'll be like I feel like he could he could succeed somewhere. Yeah. I mean he's had no help for the three years so I, that's I, I can't like blame him for like the Jets being bad. Like it hasn't been his fault. Like he's been thrown into like quite possibly the worst situation in the league. So Oh, just no, no, no. Just wait until Trevor Lawrence gets thrown into Jacksonville Jaguars with Urban Meyer as the head coach. Thrown into the Jaguars, so to speak. That's going to be a fucking disaster. I'd like to go on record today on, what is it, March the 23rd of 2021. Is that being a fucking train wreck disaster? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't care how good you are. You can't pull a franchise out of the depths of hell like that. Even with, and and then the crazy thing about that franchise is a very good owner. Sadiq Khan and, is an excellent owner and generally good management with Tom Coughlin. I don't think I don't know if Tom Coughlin's still in that role, but like for the last few years, um, no, he's prior, gone. Now. Yeah, they they fired him two years ago. Well, either way, that it's it's we're still not too far removed from that where you know there was confidence in the position. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the New York team that's actually not going to be terrible next. Yeah, year. yeah. So that, I mean, we've been we've been dancing around it. You guys were nice enough to let me go with the Jets thing, but I, now you guys are allowed to. Well, could I could I offer one additional? yourselves. Over I, I want to. I want to offer one additional um, Jets point uh, before we, we move on really quick. I think Mike, if if you guys decide not to go the route of drafting a quarterback in the draft, and you guys whatever happens with Darnold, there is a quarterback who will be available because of the number one pick, and that is. Gardner Minshew, and I think Jets would go. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> ooh, his mustache alone. 
Yep. He's made ride for his New York. sweet mustache all the way to the Super Bowl. <laughs> He's made for New York. That's all. But yes, we, yeah. we should touch on the Giants because the Giants have been very active and their free agency did not start that way as they lost arguably one of their better defensive players in Dalvin Tomlinson. And it looks like things weren't going to go the way they have now. But the Giants have made, I would say, arguably two of the best signings of the free agency period so far. And Kenny 100%. Galladay and Adderay Jackson, who is a very good cornerback. If you don't know who he is, don't. things are looking up for the Giants. The Giants, in my mind... After everything the Giants have done the last week, the Giants have no excuse not to win the NFC East next year. And so on top of yes. that, so I, th- I think there's a couple – I wouldn't say no excuse because the, the Cowboys with Dak Prescott are going to be competitive. Yeah, but Dak Prescott coming back from a, like, borderline career-ending injury. Mm-hmm. But it was, it, was, it was with his legs, right? He's not really – while he can move, he, He's he, mobile, makes, yeah. he gets it done with his, his arm, not his, not his legs. So you're, you're right. I mean, you're, you are right, but I, I think – I mean, if, as long as he can still throw the ball and make competent decisions, he's going to be effective. I mean, it pains me to say that as a Giants fan. But, no, um, yeah, I think that's fair enough. I just, I Giants, think that the okay, Giants have, the Giants have. <clears throat> I think they have no excuse to not win the, the East. I completely they're, they're agree. De- their defense is good. Like they're and pretty, they're second. Dude, a healthy offense. Mm-hmm. That help that offense healthy and you know Quan ready to go, which considering the rehab stuff that he's been showing and him and OBJ working together. Like, I like that. I'm I still... like what we've seen and that receiving core is nice. And really at this point, all they need to focus on is that offensive line, give DJ more than a 10th yep. of a second to throw the ball. I'm still worried about that. Yeah. I'm, that's I'm what it needs to be focused on. Line. That, yeah. That's the one glaring hole that they haven't been able to address um, yet. I think they, I mean, didn't they, they signed a linebacker today too, right? They just, uh, uh, I don't know how to say his name. If something, he was from the Vikings. I don't know how to say his name now. Well, the Vikings are a good team. They are. He, he's a good, he has a couple good seasons under his belt. The yeah. The secondary yeah. Look, is, look, is, a, is a strength. Is a, well, is the a, secondary is arguably top five right now. Their, their, their interior line is good with uh, Leonard Williams and. Um, Sorry, somebody's being a fucking bastard <laughs> outside say, my apartment right now. Um, <laughs> no, but the, yeah, the Giants really should have a. a they, undoubtedly, they have the best defense in the East. Offense, uh, mark, there are still uh, some Dexter question Lawrence, marks. I'm sorry. Yeah, De- De- I mean, he's been great too. But there's definitely some questions. I want to see now Daniel Jones has all the weapons that he needs to throw to. I mean, Galladay gives him a clear number one, which he hasn't really had yet. You know, Evan, Evan Ingram, Ingram though, can't. I, Into the sun. I would yeah. have cut Evan Stone Ingram hands. if I had, was the GM. I would have been like, fuck you, done. But. You know what? If he, he can cost the team at least two games, two wins, yes, mm-hmm. cost me fantasy wins. That's more important, very more important than the actual <laughs> wins. I agree. The yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mike's fantasy team also went to the sun, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the Giants ended up cutting Kevin Zeitler, which you know they needed to to you know sign a guy like Kenny uh, Galladay, which they, they, you know they did uh, resign the the other defense uh, offensive tackle. Uh, what's his name? Nate Solder. Yep. But Nate Solder so, hasn't played in almost two years. He hasn't, but he, that's at least experience. And he, he didn't live up to that contract. Um, Not even slightly. Originally. <laughs> but the, he also was getting paid like a ridiculous amount of money. Hold on. I'm going to need to go yell fuck you at this person. <laughs> can we get this on? Can we get this on? Yeah, we, we are recording this. Stop beeping, you fucking prick! <laughs> he came out pretty well. That, that beautifully... Beautiful. I do this two to three times a day, just so we're clear. <laughs> oh, we we are aware. 
Yeah, so I mean, the, the Giants are going to have to like shore things up through the draft on the offensive line. Otherwise, I don't think there's any excuse why they shouldn't win nine, ten games and win the East. There's no no excuses anymore. You have the right coach, Daniel Jones. If he's the quarterback, he's got to get it done this year. There's no excuses in my mind. Who's so. the? Uh... Yeah, I agree. It was the quarterback they said they signed a backup quarterback too. Oh, Mike um, Lennon, yeah. 30, yeah. 39 elite, year old Mike Lennon. Elite quarterback, Mike oh, Lennon, yeah. who yeah, I, uh, I have the utmost confidence all the way to the, Mike Lennon's laughing all the way to the <laughs> bank. He's probably made like fifty million dollars being a career backup. I mean, that's and, that's the dream. That's that's the Alex. One Moran of the cushiest backup. jobs in sports is being a backup goalkeeper and soccer backup quarterback in football. Those are the two cushiest jobs in sports. Yeah. I think place kickers up there, but you get you get a lot of hate mail if you miss some big. Oh kicks. yeah, you can. Yeah. This, oh, you're you very stressed out threats. all the time. If you Laces miss a field goal, you get about it. We have one of the best place kickers in the league in Graham Gano. So we, Mike Lennon has made thirty million dollars. He's thirty-one. No, not, I wonder if he's just signed Colt McCoy again. The Bears paid him sixteen million dollars one season. Jesus Christ! One season. He probably um, won like seven games the year before, and they're like, "Oh, he's yeah. he's ready to they take fit, that He Fitzpatricked him. <laughs> Unreal. Which Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick yeah. is about to do the to the Washington Football Team. Ryan Fitzpatrick though can actually perform. He'll take your team just 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 enough to be a cocky right to, be, to be seven right. and nine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> six seven Ryan wins. Fitzpatrick guaranteed. is like the edging of of NFL yeah. quarterbacks. Yeah. Just four hundred yards, four hundred yards, four touchdowns three picks but you also know that he will go 4-0 in the month of like october like end of september to like the second to last week of october he just he's always the top story like he just oh you're gonna be you're gonna be as a jets fan you're gonna be 10 and 5 with one win requiring you to get to the playoffs (laughs) you're gonna lose to the fucking (laughs) buffalo bills (laughs) who are good now who we're not we're not good at that board yeah rex ryan's buffalo bills and not go to the playoffs quarterback dived head first one too many times and he's concussed for 98% of the season. Um, also, uh, I think underrated signing by the Giants. They got him pretty cheap, Devontae Booker uh, as a backup running back. So that gives him an option outside of Saquon for once. I will say admittedly though, I'm a little sad about uh, Wayne Gallman. I really liked him. And I know he's going to get more money than like a backup probably should get this year if, you know, depending on where he goes. But like, I, I liked him. He ran yeah, hard. He ran he hard. He ran player. very hard. He ran hard. Yeah. We'll do more of a like a football wrap up once we get closer to the draft. Uh, at that point, free agency will be kind of wrapped up. Most players will have signed at that point. But regardless, see it's been nice there. to see both the Jets and Giants active and doing stuff. And hopefully, both teams are are taking those steps in the right direction to be competitive again. Because it's been just brutal to be any fan of a football team in the New York State, minus the Bills and the Yankees, the New York metro area. So, hopefully, that they're moving in the right direction now. So. Last sports topic of the episode here. We'd be remiss to not talk about March Madness, which is back this year after being canceled last year due to COVID. Uh, I will say, even though I know college basketball isn't everyone's favorite, it's been fun to be able to have that back and and be watching games throughout the last couple of days. Um, And this year in particular has been really, really crazy in the sense that there's been more upsets than there have been, I think, ever. And that might be, uh, you know, we can get into the specifics of, teams that were misseeded or stuff like that because there's definitely questions there but regardless a lot of upsets this year so yeah what have your guys impressions been so far of march madness have you enjoyed it is it not as fun when the big teams 
you know, can't get far. Are your are your brackets busted? I should ask as well. Have you guys? I I'm already pools? down. A, I'm down a Final Four person already. I actually um Ooh. I had Oklahoma State going to the Final Four because I figured Cade Cunningham could put the motherfucking team on his back, which the kid mm. can, and I think he's a name to watch. He's going to be a lottery pick, and he's going to be something. But uh, yeah, they they unfortunately lost to uh, to Oregon State, mm-hmm. which was weird. The Beavers. Um, <clears throat> the Beavers, yeah. Weird mascot name. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, other than that, I, I did pretty well in the. Uh, I did well in the West and the East, but I got slaughtered in the Midwest and the South, as as I think a lot of people did. That's where the most upsets were. Mm-hmm. It's been fun though. It's been fun to watch. And I mean, is this the year that Gonzaga can finally do it? They they look probably like the most complete team, and they still haven't lost. It's them and Baylor, and they the only time they can meet is the finals. Yep. So. See, now my, my personal pick, bracket aside, because I definitely didn't pick them on my bracket, but now I, I think uh, it's, it's anal Roberts to lose. You know, they, they're just <laughs> unbelievable. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Which is, which, like, the, in a shred of irony, uh, yes. the fact that they're Oral Roberts and everyone's making, like, weird sex jokes about them, <laughs> they are a, like, puritanical, evangelical <laughs> Christian university in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Okay, the, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold Tulsa. on, hold on. Tulsa. Thank you, thank you. It's thank Tulsa, you. Tulsa. Yeah, Tulsa. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Sorry. In Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're super not okay with anything, anything. other than wearing khakis to, pant, to class. Well, and no, if you think yeah, that's a joke, it's not. They had like a business casual dress code, like no facial hair, like limited facial hair. You have to sign a pledge when you go there that you won't drink swear participate in like premarital sex um there's like homosexuality is like a code misconduct yeah you can be straight Um, up thrown out of the school they have a title nine exemption which means that they can discriminate based on whatever they want to yep so even if you're 21 you can't have a drink off campus no anyone under 25 Mm -hmm. has to live on campus and you have to like sign a pledge that you're not gonna do it's dude it's straight up like evangelical yeah and just, just for my, my boys, Dan and Pat, notable alumni, Joel Alcine and his brother. Which explains the evangelicalism. Oh. <laughs> Hell yeah. And, Kathy Lee, and Kathy Lee Gifford. That's the only other person. That's a weird one. Oh, well, yeah, that's, that's uh, wow. Okay. Two totally different sides of the spectrum. I know, yeah. right? Like, like Joel Alcine <laughs> and then a woman who gets shit-faced at 9 a.m. in the morning. Like, just... just, just <laughs> It's the two sides of going to an evangelical Christian university. So, so well, one is sticking to it, and the other one is realizing it's bullshit. Besides just being clearly a wacky ass place to go to school, um, I would say so far that's been the upset of the tournament. Uh, I think everyone likes to see when a, a fifteen can beat a two, and I don't know if you guys agree. I feel like when Ohio State loses, that's kind of a fun thing. I don't. I feel like yes. Ohio State's kind of on a similar. Level, when Ohio State loses, America, America wins. <laughs> My favorite is uh, fact the. Ohio University. Uh, okay. yeah, so funny. The, the Oral, Oral Roberts. Roberts. <laughs> I think my favorite is uh, my current favorite team left in the tournament. I'm going to have to go with uh, with Loyola Chicago. I, I was going to say a, that. Another Loyola school. Sister I went Jean. to a Loyola school. And Sister Jean, who is just the fucking <laughs> shit that she would hate that I referred to her that way, but she's a lovely woman who's clearly so unbelievably basketball smart. And so old. Um, Yo, she's and so old. Like- she straight up like willed or prayed that game into existence. She was. We're like, like approaching. Like, the woman is approaching a hundred years old, and she like broke their. Yeah. Oh, she's she over a hundred. Fuck, yeah. go go, she's sister G. Yeah, it, 
She's going to have a hell of a squad to coach, and she gets to the pearly gates, I'll tell you that much. Mm -hmm. I'm picturing Sister Jean, like, doing the Doris Burke cross-up in her, like, nun outfit. Oh, my God. She's got to have it, but it's got, like, a leg cut out so she can cross up. That would be so funny. Always got her shorts on. UFC. She's got boy tie shorts on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, but that that actually, Kyle, to your point, was an exciting upset too. That um, so Loyola Chicago advanced past uh, the round of sixty four, uh, which wasn't super surprising because they were an eight seed. Uh, yeah, but then they yeah they beat the number one Illinois by twelve points, which is you know yeah, it was a convincing that, a win. Surprising. They have a guy who looks like uh, like like who's who's the guy I'm thinking of? There was like references. He looks like Bowlby from Jimmy Neutron. Like that was one. Yeah, This is him now. Yeah, it's true. There's a lot of goofy looking big uh, big white guys in the tournament this year, and it's very the dude funny. for Gonzaga who has the handlebar mustache and the full like Kurt Rambis getup. It's a lot. The, oh yeah, uh, the, the guy from the UCLA who looks like Kevin Hayes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Um, the, or the kid on um, the kid on uh, Iowa. Sorry, irrelevant state had to think really hard about that. Um, the kid on Iowa, the center, who again is just like a brick shit house of a of a guy. Also another. You know, local school, I guess, uh, pulled off an upset. Syracuse, number 11, to beat West Virginia. Jim Beheim's kid is actually on the team, and he's yeah, killing yeah. it. So, Buddy, Buddy Buckets, Beheim. as they're calling him. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, quickly, I don't know if, you know, Pat and Mike, you guys did a bracket as well, but who would you guys end up picking as uh, your eventual champion? I know, Kyle, you said, uh, you said Zaga, right? I got, yeah. So, my final four was supposed to be Zags, Baylor, Michigan, and Oklahoma State, but the moment three of the four still stand okay uh yeah did you guys do a bracket as well oh, mine uh school university school university yeah, school no, slash yeah. university yeah i did not do a bracket and thank god this is the this was definitely the year not to yeah, yeah the website well, is college.edu yeah college university first name last name no and i didn't do a bracket either i do boxes now um which i tried to get you guys into but it's definitely it's different because no, it's, it's every game it's game but up. um yeah I picked Gonzaga to win. I was just – I'm not a huge college basketball guy, but I was going through and I saw that Gonzaga was putting up like over 100 points a game for the last couple of games. They're so I was like, undefeated oh. too. Yeah, they're they're filthy. I was like, all right, maybe maybe that – like the scoring will just take them to a win. And they they got to do it. They, they Every year they're like an Elite Eight, Sweet 16 perennial team. So it's like you mm-hmm. got to do it at some point. So they run into the Oral uh, Buzzsaw. <laughs> I'll say that that's where my money is. I'm I'm going it's all better than, Oral Roberts. Better than an anal buzz saw. That's, that's like true. Oral, like Oral B, like the fucking toothpaste bat. You're like an oral uh <laughs> I mean again, they've beaten two pretty good they beat number two Ohio State and they beat number seven Florida. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean they, again they're two quality wins. A lot of people saying they probably shouldn't have been a fifteen C that they were probably more realistically like at eleven or twelve, but you know, still good for them. So, yeah, we'll see. I uh, Third round, I think, starts this weekend. Um, so I think the first games are like Thursday, Friday. So when this comes out, we'll be in the midst of, of the third round. And I think the championship is in two Mondays. So um, there's some time. So should be should be fun. All right. We're going to wrap things up. And next week, we'll do a quick preview about baseball. Because for anyone who watches baseball, they know that next Thursday, April 1st, is opening day. So we'll try and do a quick preview of Mets and Yankees and baseball in general. And we'll probably have some other fun topic to talk about as well. So come back next week if you want to hear about 
arguably two of the best teams in baseball, both being out of New York this year. And we got to go to our closing statements before we say goodbye. So let's start with Kyle. So uh, as I indicated in the beginning, we have the beginning of World Cup qualifying for the U.S. men's national team. I'm very excited. We have very good players, as I've said. It really begins this week. This friendly is a serious kickoff in earnest to see if the team is what it is, if the coach can live up. Um, I don't like him at all. I don't think he's very much. I actually think he's pretty useless, and I think his system's pretty terrible. But the players we have should be good enough to deal with anything. So I'm just going to be rooting for the red, white, and blue real hard on Thursday, and hopefully we can do the right thing moving forward. Let's go to Michael. Fun. Always love talking about sports with everybody. Um, I want to leave you with this. They oftentimes they talk about, you know, does life imitate art or does art imitate life? I was thinking about it this way. WWE entertainment, sort of the art fashion where where icons and superstars are meant to be, you know, also sex symbols. Superstars. Well, we're, 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 we're experiencing the the life imitating art portion of that now with the the mass amount of UFC uh, fighters that are now making things like OnlyFans and getting into modeling careers. So I just thought that was a very interesting art imitates life, life imitates art sort of observation. Jesus, just buy Paige Van Sant's OnlyFans. (laughs) 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 That is not fucking around tonight. (laughs) All right, well, Pat. Besides I was trying to make a I was trying to make a point. All right, Pat. <laughs> Besides you know what the point they were making was. Calm down. Great truths. What else you got for us for closing statement? <laughs> uh, me and the lads at work have been exploring some uh, some SoundCloud mixes lately. Um, you Ooh. might see that in the coming any kind of coming get-togethers. They've been some some tight ones I've I've come across. Uh, some good slapper collabs. So, some of which might feature some some emo mix favorites. Some, some uh, crunchy so beats, Pat, one might say. Rec- highly recommend this, uh, the sound club. Very excited. Pat, unless the entire building collapses and kills Kyle and I while you're at work in the office one day, you're never getting the aux cord. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because the aux cord that, well, the aux cord, uh, that part. In this situation, we're not getting it either because the building will be collapsed and the aux cord destroyed. Yeah, there would be, my aux cord would be under about 60 feet of rubble. Yeah, unless you're DJing my funeral, you are not getting the aux cord. Pat, you can play the music on Saturday for a little bit, and we'll we'll test it out. Yeah, yeah. We'll give you a well, trial but, period. You, you get Mike, one I, song. I fully expect. The will. <laughs> Make it good, Mike. I fully expect the will to to say, "Don't let that fucker Pat get the aux cord." <laughs> yeah, that, that's already part of Mike's estate planning. Yeah. Quickly for me, just two quick points. Um, Steve Cohen, if you're listening to our podcast for some reason, uh, please resign this guy who's above my. Uh, left shoulder here, uh, Francisco Lindor. He has been on fire in spring, and he's going to be a superstar. And he already is a superstar, but he's going to be a superstar superstar. in New York. Uh, So give him whatever amount of money he wants. And while we're at it, also pay Michael Conforto. So we'll get more into that next week. Uh, And also, go all the way, Anal Roberts. Let's let's go. Rooting for them hard. On the Um, off chance that Steve Cohen was listening to our podcast, do you think he'd also be watching the YouTube stream of it? Is that why you pointed over your shoulder like he was? was No, it's because (laughs) that that was visual media, Mike. Everyone knows that. Yes, we we've established that at this point. Forty-three episodes in that podcasts are certainly a visual medium, so you guys can see exactly what we see. Yes, exactly. (laughs) All right. Well. That'll do it. Thank you guys again for listening. We really appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you guys for coming back and 
Hopefully you guys come back again. And in the meantime, please give us a follow on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter. Pretty active there. As you guys know at this point, we're everywhere where you can find your podcast. Leave us a five-star review if you like what you heard. And until we speak again, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Also, Mike's only fans. This week, we go anal to Oral Roberts with special guests Dick Vitale and Sister Jean. See you there. Oh, dear. (laughs) Yeah, baby! (laughs) Peace out. (laughs) Peace out.